go further in looking to see Jesus in every book of the Bible. Last time, what did we study? We were studying the book of Proverbs. And we were, and we were looking to see Jesus in the book of Proverbs. And we were looking to understand the more about the book of Proverbs. Is the book of Proverbs Old Testament or New Testament? Huh? Old Testament, okay. And uh, what, did we, what did we say the book of Proverbs is all about? And a hush should not be over this crowd. There you go, yes, it's all about wisdom. Walking in wisdom, understanding God's wisdom, and sharing the wisdom of God with somebody else, and walking in it. And uh, how many chapters are in the book of Proverbs? 31. So many times people exhort one another, and I was exhorted, and I've done it more than one time, to use the book of Proverbs as a daily Bible reading or daily devotional, because there's one chapter for every day of the month. There's one chapter for every, every day of the month. And so if you, if you read it, what will happen to you? You get wisdom. You get wisdom. And if you read it more than one time, what will happen to you? You get more wisdom. Hello. <laughs> right? So, so is one reading sufficient? No, one reading is not sufficient. Because when you go back and read it again, you say, oh, I didn't see that before. Okay? And you get better understanding. Now, when you get wisdom and you, and you fill yourself up with wisdom, what are you supposed to do with the wisdom? Practice it and give it away, right? Practice it and give it away. So, so last time we talked about uh, uh, moving away from the book of Psalms and, and into the books of wisdom. And Proverbs is one of the books of wisdom, right? So who, who wrote it? King David was one of the writers. Who else? Solomon. Solomon. Yes. Anybody else? Some of them were compiled by, Hez by Hezekiah, scribes of Hezekiah. Y'all remember that? Some said, no, I don't remember that. Well, we're going to remember it this week, okay? It's, it's all good. All right? And, and, and did they write them like in three months? So, were they, so they weren't, number one, they weren't all written by one person. And number two, they weren't all written in the same space of time. Over what span of time were they written? Like how many years? Like five years? Two, ten? Hundreds of years. So if they were written over hundreds of years, then what does somebody have to do to put them all in one book? They had to compile them. They had to compile them and get the Lord's okay to produce them, right? Okay, so when you read the Bible, what are you supposed to do with your brain? Turn it off, turn it on, use it, think, ask questions. And when you ask questions when you read the Bible, who's gonna give you the answers? God's gonna give you the answers, okay? 
and, uh, and he's given us answers as we study it together. All right, so tonight we're going on to the next book of wisdom. And if we're going in order in the Bible, what's the next book of wisdom in the Bible after Proverbs? Ecclesiastes is the next book. It's Ecclesiastes. And this is another book of wisdom. Okay? And it's about wisdom, but it's also about um, what your life is like without God. What life is like without a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. So, so um, who have you heard was a writer of this particular book of Ecclesiastes? Okay, good guesses, but not accurate. Solomon was the writer. Okay, so who was Solomon? One of David's sons. Did David just have one son? No, he had he had more than one. But but Solomon was the one that became what king. Okay, so Solomon um, is um, believed to be uh, the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, and in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a, there, there's a person called the teacher. But the teacher is not Solomon, because the book of Ecclesiastes is written um, to be an instruction. It's not written, he's not writing about himself. He's speaking what the Lord would have us to learn about wisdom. So when, you be, when we begin to read it and it says the teacher said whatever and whatever, we're actually reading something like it's a story because he wrote it that way. Now last time we, when we talked about King Solomon and even King David, we said that they, what kind of men were those two? What kind of men were they? Leaders, yes. Men of wisdom, what else? Good, what else? Okay, men after God's own heart, what else? Hmm? Somebody said very smart, what else? Multi-talented, multifaceted meaning they had many sides to them, okay? And, we're, and, we're mostly, and we've been speaking about the good sides of them, which means they had other sides, right? Did they have other sides? Do you know anything about them that they, other than they were good and they were leaders and they were smart and they were multifaceted and they were musicians and they were writers and they were leaders of people? Did they have, they, they had some other sides, right? So what were, they, what were their other sides? Sin. Yeah, that word. Sin they were sinners. You ever been a sinner? Anybody ever been a sinner besides me? <laughs> okay, they were sinners. They were, in addition to being strong, they were the opposite of strong, which is what? Weak. What else? 
Anything else? Fathers, were they fathers? Husbands, yes. So when we look at them, and, and we're looking at this, this book that's being written, what the Lord is also wanting us to see is that they were people like who? Like us. Brilliant, gifted, talented, smart, intellectual, geniuses, jacked up, toe up, sinners. sinners, like the rest of us. In need of what? A savior, a relationship with God. And did they have relationships with God? Yes. yes. Did they stay true to their relationships with God always? No. Okay? And so we're going to talk about some of that as we're looking at this particular book of the Bible, um, Ecclesiastes. Okay? So remember what I told you is that um, this Solomon is writing this book, but he's not writing specifically about himself, okay? All right, now you'll see some things about him in here, but he's not writing it specifically about himself. He's, write, he's writing it about all of ourselves. How about that? Okay? All right, so let's open your Bible to the book of Ecclesiastes. Are you already there? Okay. Let me get there. Ecclesiastes, and let's start at um, chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Okay, and at the first verse it says, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. And when I was studying this, it said that... Um, where it says preacher, you can substitute the word teacher, okay? Um, and where it says the son of David, uh, some writers think that Solomon wasn't necessarily the writer. They think that, that there was somebody who, who was, a, who was a, a Solomon wannabe. How about that? <laughs> this was, they think that somebody who was a Solomon wannabe wrote this. Nevertheless, it's the word of God. Abs right? Elsewise it wouldn't be in the Bible. So, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Verse 2, vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Okay, now, what is vanity? You're so vain. What does that mean? You heard that. You told somebody that. I can't hear that. Only thinking about yourself. Thinking about self. Vanity. Anything else? Hold yourself up above everybody. Prideful. Arrogant. Selfish. Vanity is excessive pride or admiration of one's own achievements. Excessive pride or admiration of one's own achievements. What is vanity? 
I just told you, what is vanity? <laughs> Excessive pride and admiration of one's own achievements. Means, means what kind of head you got? The big head. Okay? Excessive. So, 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 so you should feel good if you've accomplished something. You should feel good if you've did something that's good and right and wonderful. But vanity is what? Excessive. Excessive pride and admiration for yourself and what yourself has accomplished. Okay? So if, if we think about excessive pride and admiration, would that be of God? No. No. And when we read the, this book of Ecclesiastes, one of the things that you want to know when you're reading through it is that it's highlighting what life is like without a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That, that if you don't have a right relationship with, with God through Jesus Christ, the things that you do lead to vanity. Lead to, lead to self more than God. Lead to, to self more than God. And so all throughout, this, all throughout this book, you're finding out about the things that, that people pour their whole self into. Pour their what? Pour their whole self into. And those things aren't necessarily bad things, but when you excessively elevate those things above God, then it's out of alignment. Okay, and there's no wisdom in living that way and in functioning that way. All right, so let's um, let's look at that one more time. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And my addendum to that is without God. Okay, verse three. What profit hath a man? of all his labor, which he taketh under the sun. Okay, and the profit should be in that God gets the glory, not the person get the glory. Are you understanding? Okay, very good. Because without God, uh, uh, your works will do what? Pass away. They will pass away. They will vanish away. And as you're reading through this, uh, uh, the, the teacher that's teaching is saying that doing a whole bunch of stuff outside of the relationship with God is a hundred years from now, ain't nobody gonna know what you did. And they're not gonna care what you did. But what have we learned through relationship with Jesus Christ? Only what you do for Christ will last. Because what you do for Christ is gonna impact somebody else. It's gonna impact somebody's heart. It's gonna impact somebody's life. And when you impact somebody's life, then you're, you're touching their generation and the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. And that's how we got the Bible. Because was it written last week? Was it written last year? Was it written last month? When was it written? Hundreds of years ago. Why, why is it still standing? Why is it still lasting? because it's the word of God. 
He released it so we would have it to live by. Okay? Okay, let's go on. So, let's look at... Um, Some of the things that, that people do that roll over into vanity, okay? Because what we have said is the most important thing in a person's life should be their relationship with God, that he gets the glory, not us get the big head, amen? Why do we remember Jesus? Because he's still here? Why do, we, why, why do we remember Jesus Christ? Because he's still here in the flesh? Why do, we, why do we remember Jesus Christ? Because he's alive. Where? In us. And how did he live his life? How did Jesus live his life? Serving. Say serving. He lived his life serving. And so when you read about him and you reflect on what the word says about him, all you see that he did his whole life was to do what? Serve. And make an impact on people's lives. Correct? So should that be us? Yes. Yeah, say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Amen. To be that kind of servant to be that kind of servant, okay? So, let's stay in chapter one and let's go down to verse 13. It says that I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of men to be exercised therewith. Meaning what? I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm studying everything. I'm trying to connect with everything. Um, and even though it's not written about Solomon specifically, he's not writing about himself, he's still talking about himself. Because did he seek after education? Did he seek to be a knowledgeable person? Solomon. Did he? Yes. Yes. Did, 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 was he connected in any way with entertainment? How do we know he was? Because his daddy was. And so they both were what? Musicians. Okay, psalmists, right? Yes. So, so, so did, they, did they seek after great works? Like understanding, like knowledge. Did they seek after possessions? Huh? Did they seek after riches? Did they seek after glory? Did they have any glory? What brought glory to them? Seeking God. What else brought glory to them? Seeking God. What else brought glory to them? Their positions. Their positions brought glory to them. Because what were they in position? Kings. So they come with the territory, right? I mean, you get the crown, you get the, you get the, you get the glory. So that came, so they had, they had those things, right? 
Okay. Did they have a godly heritage? Yes. Right, so it means they had a good family, right? All right. They had a good family. Okay. So, so were, were they great thinkers? Yes. They were great thinkers. So all of these things they were pursuing all the days of their life. These things that King David, King Solomon, they were seeking after all of these things all of their lives. Were they seeking, did they get money? Did they have any money? Or were they broke? Were they broke? Were they ever broke? They were never broke a day in their lives. That's our confession, but that was their lifestyle, right? <laughs> Amen. They were never broke. They were never broke. You thinking? Are you thinking? Is anybody thinking? Is anybody awake? <laughs> okay. All right. So they're great thinkers. Turn over to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. A familiar passage. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season and a what? Time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. Verse 4. A time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to what? Cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow. What does rend mean? Tear, rend, tear it. Okay, a time to rend and a time to sow. What verse am I, okay? A time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time, and also he hath set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? Hmm? What's he talking about there is the gift of God? Hmm? Labor. The, enjoy the good of your labor. That's the gift of God. Right? That's, that's what's being said here. So, so, so now he's talking about times, seasons, all of those things. Right? And we just said that Solomon was pursuing education, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, entertainment, education, 
intellectual thought. All, he was pursuing all those things, leadership. And yet, he had another side. So, so, so how could he be this person with this level of understanding, with this level of intellect, with this level of pursuing everything under the sun and, have, and, and still not be perfect? How could that happen? He wasn't broke. He wasn't sticking nobody up. How could that happen? Vanity. 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 Which is what? Excessive. Excessive pride in your own achievements. Vanity. So where does vanity take you? Does it take you to God? Or does it take you away from? Takes you away from. So, so when Solomon was taken away from God, where did he go? Where did he go? What did he do? He did it, he went his own way. Hmm? He made everything all about what? Himself. himself. So if he wasn't going to, he wasn't, if he wasn't, had he had a tight relationship with God? Did he have it? Yes. Vanity comes, and where does he go? Crazy. Crazy. Somebody say crazy. He went crazy. Right? He went. Don't be scared to say he went crazy. We all did go crazy. Somebody even wrote a song about it, Let's Go Crazy. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, right, some of y'all got it, I ain't gonna, I'm, all right, some, yes, it was a song. <laughs> and it was a life. And it was a lifestyle. So, so here's somebody with almost every gift, every talent, every ability, all the intellect, all the resources, all the money, all the fame, all the glory that as that happened, where did he position himself with God? Closer, or did he take steps back? Steps back. One step back? Many steps back. Many, many steps back. And where did those steps back take him? Hmm? Away. Into what? To a cave by himself? Where did it take him? To running women. Led him to drama. Mad drama. 
Correct? Yes. Did, did, did he know by instruction what the Lord required of him with relations to women? Had he been taught that? By whom? His father, by his, by his Jewish upbringing. Right? So, so he knew that, right? But um, what happened? Vanity. So that when he, so that he went off with women, right? Couple side chicks, right? Many, many of them, somebody said, right? He had wives. That's, that was a starting point, right? Wives, plural. One after the other? No, all at the same time. All at the same time. Wives and concubines, okay? So what's the, what's the contemporary term for, for concubines? Side chicks. Right? So, so, how many did he have? A whole lot. Somebody said a whole lot, right? When you read the Bible, it tells you he had hundreds. Hundreds. 700 wives and I don't know how many concubines. Right? Now, now, as we're reading this, the Lord is saying something to us. Not just for us to freak out over what he had. What did he lose in the process? What did he lose through the process? Relationship with God. That's what he lost. That's what he lost. And, and so, and so, what did he ultimately have to do? Repent. Get on his knees. And change. And change. And what? And change. So now what is the Lord, what is the Lord communicating to us through this? He's communicating to us that if we have excessive pride and admiration for self, especially if you're gifted, if you're smart, if you're talented, if you're skillful, if you're wealthy, if you're handsome, if you're beautiful, you got to watch that. You gotta check yourself. <laughs> Who has to check themselves? Raise your hand. We have to check ourselves. Because, because just like Solomon, who was gifted, talented, brilliant, intellectual, rich, wealthy, healthy, no lack, no poverty, no want, 
surrounded by glory and opulence and everything, all of those things that he had took him to vanity. But where did they come from? Huh? Where did he get that stuff from? Who gave it to him? God gave it to him. And then he went, he went off the rails to get Satan's stuff. Do we ever go off the rails? <laughs> That's, so when we read the Bible and it says these things were written for our learning and our instruction, it is to see that, that, that God is good to all. Because he will do what? Restore. Okay? And he will bring back. Because if you got everything and now you're miserable, what does that mean? It, might, it means you need God. It means you need to get saved. It means you need a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Elsewise, you're never going to be what? Satisfied or have peace in your heart, in your mind. I mean, if, 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 you, if you were uptight, if you had a tight relationship with God like Solomon had, and then you went as far off the rails as he did, and then you come to yourself, where is your mind? Where is your mind when you come back, when you come to yourself? Hmm? Are you in your right mind when you come to yourself? Are you like bounce right back? Okay, I'm good. No. You are shaking up. You're, and when you read the book of Ecclesiastes and when you read um, even some of the Proverbs, you see that he was not just shaken up, but he went into a state called what? Depression. And so some of the things that you read in the Ecclesiastes, you hear depression. Like it ain't nothing used to do nothing. Everything is just tore up. Everything is jacked up. Why, why bother with anything? At the end of the day, it's just all for naught. And that's the devil's lie. That's the devil's lie to every sinner. Like why do I, why bother? I guess I'm just gonna go to hell anyway, so I might as well just get on the sliding board, slide on in. Have a good time. No. Yeah, let me go faster. That's not, that's, that's not, that's not the heart of God. But what he does want us to see here is that the Lord can bring you through all of that. He can bring you through all of that. He can bring you, he can bring you to your senses where you come to realize, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I messed up big time. Oh, I, I, I messed up royally. And now I'm, I'm in depression and, and, and I'm down and, and everything looks worthless. Just why bother? I'm suicidal. Some people can get so low that they, that they become suicidal. I messed up so bad. Why do I need to even be here? I don't deserve my life. I just want to check out. 
If he has 700 wives and 1,000 concubines and the Lord bring you to your senses to, and, and you got to repent of that, you might get depressed in the natural. You might become suicidal in the natural. But what God is pointing out to us here is that nevertheless, God says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. He said, I'm married to the backslider. It's not all vanity. When you're in depression, you feel that way. Like, what, what's the use? And when you see something that, 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 that looks like a, a disaster and you can't understand it, you can't comprehend it, it's like, why bother? But in the midst of the why bother is the word of God. In the midst of the why bother is the love of God. Reaching, pulling, saying, you had all that stuff. You had all that stuff. And all that stuff was good. Your education was good. Your wisdom was good. Your gifts were good. Your skill is good. Your mind is good. Your body is healthy. Your, 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 your fame is, is valuable. The glory that you have, your riches are wonderful. But without me, they're nothing. So get in line with me. Get in right alignment with me. Get in right relationship with me. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have God, then you don't have anything. If you don't have the one who loves you. And that's what the Lord wants us to get through the understanding of this book of Ecclesiastes. Because there's a lot of things in here that sound depressing. Like, oh man, everything is dark and whatever. Well, wh why would the Lord put something in here where somebody's talking the way they talk when a depressed, the way a depressed people talk? So we can relate. So we can know that it ain't just you. That it's not just you. And that even when it is you, the love of God is still reaching. It's still available. It's always available. So that when he brings, when, when, when you come into a restored relationship with him, then all of those things that were yours, they're still good. But under the blood of Jesus, you can have a right relationship with those things that are yours, with your gifts, with your talents, with your abilities, with your possessions. You can have a right relationship. So don't think just because you come to church that you, that you can't get off, off track. <laughs> don't think that just because you pay your tithe that you can't go off the rails. The knowledge is to know that if you do go off the rails, if you are right now off the rails, come back into right relationship with God. So that, so that in this book of Ecclesiastes, do we see Jesus? Yes, 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 yes. 
Because in, in Solomon getting restored, we see the grace of God. And the Lord would allow somebody who lived like he lived, went off like he went off, and still allow that person's heart to be made right. And when your heart is made right and you're restored in relationship to the Lord, what does he do with the mess? The Bible says he remembers it no more. No more. No more. And so somebody who went through all that can still write the word of God. He can still use you. And he wants to use you. Not just for you, but for the benefit of somebody else. Amen? You'll stop there. Go on next time. God bless you.